Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, New York City. Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, is the Apache of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Purify my heart, let me be as gold and precious silver. Purify my heart, let me
Fantastic, Sarah. Good job. Ah, hallelujah. Beautiful, beautiful, Sarah. Hallelujah. Yes, ready to do your will. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Powerful. Please come, let's pray over the offering. That's nice. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this offering. We bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you excited to be in church this morning? Are you sure? All right. Are you awake and alert? Are you awake and alert? And are you, are you oriented? Awake, alert, and oriented. Three times. Hallelujah. If you are awake, alert, and oriented, times three, then let's look at Jeremiah 3.15. Jeremiah 3.15, our memory verse for this week. And I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Amen. Let's read. One, two, go. I will give you pastors according to my heart. And they will feed you with knowledge and understanding. They will feed you with knowledge and understanding. It means that when you sit at the feet of the pastor that God has given to you, what you should get from that person is knowledge and understanding. Are you hearing me? You should get what? You should get what? Yeah. So if you come to church and I don't the church, you are confused. If you come to church and at the end of the message, you are totally confused. Then there's something wrong. Then probably this pastor is not from God. It's not every time that is the fault of the congregation. Sometimes the fault of the pastor. Some pastors, when they finish preaching, you don't understand the left from the right. It's not a congregation. So, yes, one, one may be that you are not a good ground or the pastor is not good. One word, there's, there's a mistake somewhere. Are you hearing me? Because if, if, if it is to work according to the plan of God, then at the end of the service, there must be knowledge and understanding. Hallelujah. Knowledge means that at the end of the preaching, some problem that you were battling with, you should get some light on it. That's the purpose of coming to a church. Hallelujah. It means that by the time the message is over, somehow, you get a revelation about something that was a problem. Hallelujah. Or some difficulty that you don't understand. Something, okay, now I understand. Now I understand why I have this problem. 
I thought I was not born again. But when he preached, he said that even though I am born again, my flesh remains the same. That is why I skipped. You understand what I'm saying? I thought that by being a Christian, I'll have no lustful thoughts in my mind. Now I understand after he explained about being born again, that being born again, my spirit is new, but my flesh remains the same. That is why I still have those thoughts. Do you get it? So now you understand why you have those thoughts. Then he said, and, and I even find that, and, 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 and the knowledge he gave me, and he gave me knowledge, that the knowledge is that to keep those thoughts away, I must renew my mind by meditating on the word of God. He has given me knowledge. One, I understand what I'm going through, and two, he has given me knowledge how to solve the problem. Do, do, do you get it? That is a pastor. Hallelujah. That's what God says. I will feed you. I will give you pastors after my heart. According to, you see, this is a very, you see, the pastors your God is going to give to you is not according to what you want, but according to my heart. You may want a certain type of pastor, but God said, no, the way you are, you don't need, this is the pastor you need. Because God knows you. And say, the way you are, no, 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 no. You need this type of pastor. Hallelujah. Maybe the way you are, you are always depressed. You are always sad. So, so you need a, an encouraging pastor. Somebody who encourages you. May, or maybe the way you are, you are always wild. You are just doing things. You, know, you, are, you, you are loud. So, go say you need a, a, a ruling pastor. Somebody who can cane you and say, sit down. <laughs> Shut up. Hallelujah. Are you blessed? Wonderful. May I be a good pastor to you? It's my prayer. May I be a pastor after God's heart to you? That may you receive knowledge and understanding as I teach you. Amen. That's my prayer. Hallelujah. May my ministry benefit you. Amen. So, I'm still talking on the art of hearing. You see, this is a very important message. And every time I'm, I listen to Bishop he keeps on coming back to this. Even in his recent messages, he keeps on making references to it. Hearing. The art of hearing. The ability to hear. Is the key. See, ability to hear from God is the key. Hallelujah. Why is it important? You see, first of all, let's understand that uh, you see, my, my dad, my biological father is dead. Okay? My father is dead. And one of the things that confirms to me that he's dead is that I don't hear his voice anymore. I don't hear my father's voice anymore. I can hear him. When I go home, I don't hear his voice. I have I've still have no people to delete his number off my phone. But when I call, I don't hear him. So, 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 the, 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 the significant, because he could talk. My father could talk. He has opinion about everything. Which is what a good father is supposed to be. But I can hear his voice. 
anymore. Are you hearing me? Because he's dead. Hallelujah. So, if God is not dead to you, and God is alive to you, then you must hear his voice. Then you must hear his voice. Am I doing understanding? If God is alive to you, then you must hear his voice. So if you don't hear his voice, then he means he's dead to you. Hallelujah. And Bishop keeps on referring. Even last week he was saying that a lot of us Christians, oh, when it comes, let's worship, let's pray, let's sing, let's worship. He said, he said, let's worship, let's pray, let's sing, let's worship, let's pray. It's all good. But the question is, what is God saying? Are we hearing? Hallelujah. And you see, and, and hearing God is so critical. It is so critical for your growth and your development that he said to the new nation Israel in Deuteronomy, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, if you can hear God's voice, if thou shalt hearken, if you can hear the voice of the Lord thy God, the Lord thy God will set thee on high. Hallelujah. It means that anybody who has the ability to hear God's voice will be set on high. That's, that's, that's how critical it is. And it makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense in the sense that even in the secular world, once you have inside information, you are ahead. You are in the know. That's why that's they say, are you in the know? Because something is going on at work and you are not in the know. You are clueless. So you walking. You are fired. You don't know you are fired. Are you in the know? Are you hearing me, church? So being in the know is always an advantage. I hear the New York lottery is almost half a million now. Did somebody win yesterday? I, I don't believe I hear it on the news. Do you think that if, if you know the numbers, you... <laughs> if you know the numbers, the Powerball, you will retire right now. For, for how much is the ticket? One dollar or something. You are going to get half a million, half a billion. 500 million. Right. What do you say? Back to Gabon. Francis, as soon as you get the money, back to Gabon. You know, if you live in America, you, even, you just go to Gabon and just, just jump by the land. Don't even bother. Yeah. But you see, the numbers, I'm sure, and the, and the numbers do exist. And every week they will draw the numbers. But if you think you have the insight to know. So, being in the know is always an advantage. It's always an advantage. And hearing God's voice brings you into the know. I said the ability to hear God's voice brings you into the knowing. Because for the, for the simple fact that you don't know tomorrow, but he knows tomorrow. 
That's all. Like one songwriter says, I don't know tomorrow, but I know the one who knows tomorrow. Hallelujah. So all that you have to do is to learn to put your hand into his hand and he will lead you. So the ability to hear is so critical. Hallelujah. And God said, look, if you can hear, Israel was a new nation. He said, look, you, there are other nations that you came to meet, but if you people can hear my voice, I'll make you higher than other, other nations. It means it, it means it doesn't matter what you are doing. You may be a student. If you can hear God's voice, you'll be a higher student. You may be a wife. If you can hear God's voice, you'll be a higher wife. You can be a pastor. If you can hear, you see, pastor, it was Kenneth Hagin who said, he said the difference between ministers, what makes one minister great and another less is the ability to hear from God, from Kenneth Hagin. That's the difference. He said that's what makes the difference. Yeah. Hallelujah. When you can hear. Amen. So, it's very important that we learn to, to hear his voice. Hallelujah. And God speaks. I said God speaks. And God is always speaking. Hallelujah. I hear with me, church. Yeah. You must hear his voice. Amen. And um, so, I was talking about how he speaks. You understand? Ways by which God directs us. And God directs us by many ways. You see, he directs us by many ways. Or, another way to say is that the Bible says there are as it were many voices. Hallelujah. As for God, he's speaking. The question is, are we hearing? As for God, he is speaking. The question is, are we hearing? Hallelujah. And the other question is, how do I know that this thing I'm hearing is from God? See, that's what makes this teaching important. Because the Bible said that there are as it were, show me that scripture, many voices. There are as it were. There are as it were. At any point in time, you are hearing something. Which one is the voice of God? Hallelujah. There are, as it were, many voices. A lot of times you say, oh, there are, there are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, but none of them is without signification. Many voices. So, this, uh, let me change, uh, let, uh, uh, let me change this job. Is it the voice of God that is telling you to change this job, or the voice of circumstances? And it's a you must be able to make that distinction. Because if it is the voice of God, then it is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leadeth me to green pastures. So if it's one, it's the voice of God, then that thing will lead you to a green pasture. But if it's the voice of circumstances, I don't know where it will lead you. Is somebody hearing me? Hmm. The Lord is leading me to marry this sister. This sister. Is it the voice of God that is telling you to marry her or the voice of your flesh? Because what you are called, I feel the Lord is leading me. It's not, it's not, it's, it's, you feel, but it's not the Lord leading. 
There is a feeling. But that feeling is not from the Lord. So, 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 so I feel the Lord is leading me. It may not be the Lord that is leading you at all. What may be leading you is your eyes, what you are seeing. Your imagination is leading you. Hallelujah. And if it's the Lord, it will lead to green pastures. But if it is your imagination, then it can take you places. Hallelujah. So we, 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 we need to be clear on the voice of God. Hallelujah. So this whole message, which is probably one of the most, look, the Art of Hearing is one of the most important books everybody should read. All of us. The Art of Hearing. The ability to hear. Amen. That this is God speaking. And this is not God. Hallelujah. You see, and it, it's an art in the sense that gradually, initially you may not get it. But as it keeps on repeating, you can perfect it. Hallelujah. You see, sometimes it's an art. It's like, it's like learning, learning maybe how to cook. Initially, you may not get it well. Uh-huh. Initially, you may not get it well. But as you do it over time, you will know how to cook. Are you hearing me? It's an art. It's a skill. I say it's an art. And it's a skill. Do you hear me? May you have the skill to hear. May you be able to tell the voice of God. It will always make a difference in your life. Shall I come to America? Shall I go to Canada? Where is God leading me? Should I take this job? Should I do this? Where is God leading me? Should I buy this? Should I buy that? Where is God leading me? You see, and the thing about God is that God is speaking all the time. Hallelujah. Are you here with me, church? So, and I said that because it's an art, it's a skill. So, I decided to, we decided to go through the various methods. Amen. How to be 100% sure that this is God. Amen. The child is really speaking. <laughs> How to be 100% sure that this is God. Are you hearing me? Very good. Yeah, somebody help me. That's the voice of the child. I'm speaking, but it's the voice of the child. There are two voices. Which one is the voice of the pastor and which one is the voice of the child? You must be able to tell. Amen. He's a child, so allow him to speak. Just hold it. That's all. Amen. So learn to hear. Are you hearing me? And last week, I started teaching you about God's voice. Hallelujah. And I said one of the ways that God leads us is by the principle of the door. Do you understand? Do you hear what we hear last week? God leads us by the principle of what? Yeah. Because, you see, if God was to come to your room and say, my child, my child, tomorrow, go to, tomorrow, send your application to at and you'll be confused. It may be true, but you'll be, you, you, I mean, even the, you wonder whether you are getting, whether you are hearing voices. Hallelujah. So sometimes God in his wisdom, one of the, see, I'm talking about, how God directs us. Sometimes God directs us by the principle of the open door. Hallelujah. 
whereby where he wants you to go, he opens the door. And where he doesn't want you to go, he shuts the door. Are you here with me? Revelation 3.8 I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door and no man can shut it. I have set before thee what? I have set it before what? I have said it before what? Hallelujah. So, just like I was explaining last week, if you come from the airport, it doesn't matter whichever country you are going. I mean, in good, um, good airports. Not the ones that you get off from the tarmac. How well a country is developed is, or how good an airport is, is determined by when you get off the plane. Whether you go through a building or you have to walk half a mile or a bus has to take you from the plane to the Okay? A bus without air conditioner. But in, but in the developed world, the plane does not park on the tarmac. The plane comes to the gate. And when you get off the plane, straight away, you are in the building. And you can see that from that point, you don't even know how to understand. There, there's directions to, to customs and immigration. You don't even have to understand their language because you see that wherever they don't want to go, they block it. So you just follow the open path and you'll be at the immigration. That's a directed path. What is, what, what is no good is blocked so you don't get lost. May God block every path. May you learn to walk in the directed path. Yeah. And sometimes God, it's always an open door. Is it an open door? Sometimes God directs us by opening doors. Hallelujah. And, 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 and I was speaking about a door. You see, how do you know something is a door? The first thing I talk about is that a door is between two walls. A door is what? I said a door is what? So when you try here, you hit. Bang, it doesn't work. Then you try this job. Bang, it doesn't work. And then you try this one straight. It works. It's probably God is saying that this one is not good for you. This one is not good for you. This is the one I have for you. So, 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 the principle of the door is that learn not to waste your effort on something that God has shut. Because some of us are so obsessed and so fixated. I by all means must do this. Maybe it's a shut door. God does not, because God knows that if you get here, it will destroy you. But you are so fixated. Maybe from your child, there's something called childhood dreams. Like I know some ladies, their childhood dream was to marry a white man. So you try this white man. I don't like you. You try this white man. It's a childhood dream. Because God knows that the white man is no good for you. But because you have a childhood dream. So in the end, you go and pick up some white trash. Excuse me. And then you begin to complain. Because it was your childhood dream. But it was a closed door. Are you hearing me? You have a childhood dream to, to, to be something. No, but it's not a door. You see, but you see, what I'm saying that a door is a, an opening between two walls. Hallelujah. I mean, so I said the person is so fixated. I must by all means. I 
I must by all means work at. Where? I must by all means work at scattering up. By all means. I must by all means be in New York. I must by all means, you know, you know, it's a, and it's a childhood dream. Your whole life is revolved around it. But God knows that this thing will destroy you. So, so, so don't follow childhood dreams. Tell them, but don't follow your childhood dream. Follow the voice of God. Especially in marriage. Because I know some people who had a childhood where they must marry, marry a white man. There's nothing. If, 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 if God opens it for you. But don't, don't be obsessed with it. Yeah. I must by all means drive this car. It's a childhood dream. But don't be obsessed by it. I must by all means drive a Ferrari. It's a childhood dream. I must by all means work on Fifth Avenue. It's a childhood dream. Maybe you grew up watching movies and you always see New York City and the light. I must by all be on this floor. It's a childhood dream. Fine. If God opens the door, but don't be obsessed by it. Whereby God has. Maybe God does not want you to work in, on, on, on Fifth Avenue. He wants, to work you on, he wants you to work on Grand Concourse. And let me tell you something. It doesn't matter where you work. So long as God is leading you, he leadeth me beside still waters. Is it God who is leading you or your childhood dream? If God wants you to work at Grand Concourse, you will prosper there. If God does not, if God does not want you to work at Fifth Avenue, they can put you on the 27th floor. You still be broke because He leadeth me besides the waters. Hallelujah. So, 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 when, see, another way. So, and so, God in His mercy sometimes shuts the door. Only that some of us we don't understand. We keep on, pop, but you see, like I said, there are two things. Let, understand this message carefully. Learn to distinguish between a shut door and a, la- a laziness. There are two different things. Some people are under the cover of laziness. So, um, I don't think God wants me to do this. No, I have, you haven't tried. That is laziness. I don't believe the Lord is leading me to do this. No, no, no. You are lazy. At least try and let it not be open. Then you can say it has shut. You have not turned the knob on the door. How do you say the door is closed? the door is closed. You have not made the effort. You haven't sent the application. You haven't sent the resume. You haven't done it. And then you are saying that the Lord has shut it from me. No! That's laziness. So don't use, you see, and, and, and let's be worried about people who, under the guidance of, uh, who, let, let me find the correct expression. Be wary of people who uses spirituality to quote their laziness. They disguise their laziness in spirituality. I don't think the Lord is leading me here. Well, you haven't tried. What? The Lord has called me to wait upon him full time. So I have no time for a secular job. Nonsense. Utter rubbish. What was Moses doing before God called him? What was Elijah doing before God called him? What was Paul doing before God called him? What was Matthew doing? They were all working. They were busy working. Shut your lazy self up and let all, uh, stop lying to us. <laughs> Everybody.
Malcolm was hardly working, was busy working. No, don't come and tell me, the Lord has called me into ministry and I think that uh, he said, give thyself holy today. You know what Bishop said? Bishop said, God spoke to him that give thyself holy and your prophet said, yes, Bishop said that. But before Bishop said that, he was actively working. Even Jesus was a carpenter. Thank you very much. Oh, that's a good revelation. Put your hands together. Even Jesus was working. Even Jesus had a profession. About that one, Jesus was a carpenter. It's in tables and chairs. So before you come to bamboozle us, I don't. God, God has shut the door. I don't. I don't think God wants me to do secular job. Please, please, you are lazy. Oh, I, I don't believe God is leading me to do chemistry. No, you haven't, you haven't done your chemistry assignment. <laughs> you see, I believe. You see, let, let, me, let me give you an example. Uh, about um, an example of an uh, open doors, closed doors. About three weeks ago, two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, I was trying to order something from Verizon. Verizon uh, uh, internet services. Files. And I, I had already gotten the internet, but they called me, they were trying to sell me some TV package. You know? And I was on the line with them for a long time. You know, I called the lady who put me on hold. Then they would say, okay, get it, put me on hold. Back and forth, back and forth. And I was like, why is it, are they, you know, it's like, they, they were making it difficult. Okay. And I still keep on pushing. And I point, I asked myself that, ah, normally even as a person, I don't have time to waste my time on these phone people. So why am I so much spending this whole thing? But when I called, when I called, as they were working, they, they was, like, as they were trying to give me the service, there's always a problem somewhere. But I kept on persisting because I wanted it. I'm sorry, do you understand? I, I, when I joined the zone, there's a problem. And I kept on insisting, I kept on insisting. They called this person, called this person, keep on insisting. Until finally they got me the thing, the service that I wanted. With a bill. Because is not free. So, in the afternoon, I called Coffee. I said, Coffee, oh, I spoke to Verizon, ABC, and said, You can get this package with this. The Coffee said, Really? You pay for that? I said, No. He said, you can get it free of the internet. I was so shy, I couldn't take Coffee. I paid for it because I look like a fool. <laughs> it's like the way, he, as he began to explain to me, I felt like a dummy, a dummy to, be, to pay for that thing. So, so then I realized, so maybe all along, the difficulty I was getting in longing, maybe God was trying to block me from buying that service. But I kept on insisting. God was insisting. So when I, I was so shy, I didn't tell you I bought it. Because when I, I, I look like a fool. <laughs> you could say, right? No, this, you can get it. I hear me. But that was, a that was an example of a closed door. You see, the door is closed. But you keep on knocking. In fact, it pained me, pal. It pained me. Ask for forces. I say, yeah. So I, I, I didn't even tell him I, I paid for it. Because, <laughs> you know, some things you, you sound. You look like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's dummy. That, in this day and age, you make somebody sold this thing to you. 
Hallelujah. So, so that is a, a door is between two walls. Amen. Hallelujah. May you hear his voice. I say, may you hear his voice. Amen. That's what Paul said in our First Corinthians 16, verse 8 and 9. He said, 1 Corinthians 16, 89. Paul said, but I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. I will stay at Ephesus until Pentecost. Why? Next verse, verse 9. For a great and effectual door is opened unto me. Hallelujah. He said, I am going to stay in Ephesus until. So another thing about a door. Okay, another thing about a door is that Paul said, I'm going to stay in Ephesus until. The word until means that it's time related. So because a door, see, a door does not open all the time. A door has the ability to open and shut. So when, so you, you must learn to recognize when a door is open. Because it may not be open all the time. Some of us think that the opportunity is there forever. It's a door. It's a door. When you, hear, when you can do, see, when the opportunity comes and you have the ability to do, always recognize that it's a door. Because sometimes the opportunity will come but you don't have the ability to do. Hallelujah. So don't ever think that, it, see, don't make the mistake of thinking it will be there forever. It is never there forever. It's a door. If, if, including even doing good to your neighbor. Sometimes it's a window of opportunity for you to do good to somebody. Because you may not have the opportunity forever. Hallelujah. Until. Until. Even giving. See, giving is a door. Sometimes God puts you in a state where you can give. And you must give at that time. Because a time will come. You, even though you want to give, you don't have. That's when night comes. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. It's a door. Yeah. It will not be there forever. There's a door to go to school. If you don't go to school during that period and that door is shut, I tell you it's not easy to go to school. I must work while you can register, but you can't go. <laughs> yep. I must, you see, so, let me tell you something. Sometimes, I'm keep on speaking. Sometimes even mercy. You see, there's a door that God, sometimes, sometimes when somebody offends you or does something wrong against you, God is giving you a door to show mercy. And if you don't show mercy at that time, because the Bible says that, because, why is God giving you a door? God said that, because the Bible says that blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are what? For they shall what? So when I offend you, maybe God is giving you an opportunity to show, to show mercy. So that down the line, when you need mercy, because you have shown me mercy, you have a bank of mercy that you can go and collect from. So my offending you is a door for you to show mercy. Blessed are the merciful. 
So sometimes if somebody hurts you, you should thank the person. Thank you for hurting me. You have given me an opportunity to show mercy. I'm talking about spiritual things. Because you see, down the line, you may need mercy. But when they go and check your mercy account, it's zero. Because when you have an opportunity, you didn't show mercy. Hallelujah. It's a door. I say it's a door. I, is somebody hearing me? Yeah. Examples of doors. Door of mercy. See, another door that you must recognize is the door. The door of service. Hallelujah. What is the door of service? The door of service is an opportunity to work in God's house. It's a door. Hallelujah. Sometimes God brings you to a certain country, a certain place, a certain church, and gives you an opportunity to work. It's a door of service. Because it's not everywhere you go that you will be given the microphone. It's not everywhere you go that you will be given the opportunity to sing. It's not everywhere you go that you'll be given the opportunity to lead a cell group. It's not everywhere you go that someone will say, let's come and have a meeting. It's a door of service. So that you can have some heavenly reward. Amen. Yeah. It's a door of service. A door of service. It's not, see, when you are being asked that, oh, let's have a fellowship in your house. It's a door, a door, a door, a door of service. God is giving you an opportunity to record something. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. It's a door of service. You may go to another, you will not have opportunity. So when, see, and, and, and a door of service is temporary. It's not permanent. Hallelujah. Sing is a door of service. Join the choir is a door of service. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? I said, are you hearing me? Luke 1610. I'll show you why it is important to take advantage of the door of service. It says that Luke 1610, he that is faithful in that which is least, is faithful also in much. Hallelujah. The one who is faithful in little. Maybe give me a, 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 new, a new version, maybe like message or NIV, a modern version. If you are honest, if you are honest in small things, you will be honest in what? If you are honest in small things, you'll be honest in what? I say if you are honest in small things, you'll be honest in what? So do you understand that before God gives you the big thing, he will try your honesty in the small thing? Before. But here you are. You are believing God for your own ministry, your own this. But you see, you want to be big. But God is giving you a door of service. Maybe sing in the choir, work in the background. Do something small. It's a door. And as you prove your faithfulness in it, then God gives you the big thing. A door of service. You are dreaming that one day you will have 
uh, mega business. But God gives you a door. Small. Can you handle this thing? So of service. Hallelujah. Because God, you see, God is not about to give you the big thing without you being faithful in the little. Because, and you know why God doesn't do that? He says in Timothy, he said, he said, uh, uh, he said uh, don't, uh, don't give something to a novice. A novice. And you begin, lest he be proud. Hallelujah. So before God elevates you, he will always cry you. Are you faithful in little? Are you faithful in little? Can you teach a small group? You, it's, 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 it's amazing. You want to, I mean, you, you want to uh, control maybe big finances. The small money God is giving to you, you can't pay tight. God gives you hundred dollars, you can't pay tight. You expect God to give you a thousand dollars? Because God, now this guy, even a hundred dollars, you can't pay tight. I mean, tight of hundred dollars is ten dollars. You can't give ten dollars. And now you are expecting God to give you a thousand. God said, somebody who cannot give ten, he will never give a hundred. So it's your faithfulness. Door of service. Opportunity to serve. And so, if you find yourself in a church where the pastor is encouraging you, you are being asked, can you be a leader? Can you be a shepherd? Can you sing? Can you play instruments? Can you clean? Can you fix something? Take it as a door of service so that one day, as you become faithful, God will elevate you to another level. Door of service. He does his faithful in little. Amen. That is an example of one door. Another example of a door that I will talk about is the door of faith for today. The door of faith. Acts 14, 27. Acts 14, 27. Acts 14, 27. This is the disciples speaking. And when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened. Who had opened? And what door did God open? What door did he open? How he had opened what? To who? How he had opened the door of what? To who? Another door. See, I'm giving examples of doors. I say God leads by doors. And what, the first door is the door of mercy. Then the door of service. I'm not talking about the door of faith. Hallelujah. What is the door of faith? Paul is saying that how God had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. Which means that suddenly now the Gentiles are now believing. You see, there's something called a door of faith. Whereby somebody who yesterday will not believe, but today he will believe. Because yesterday was not, the door was closed. But today, the door has been opened. And may God help us to recognize the door of faith. Listen. The door of faith. You see, the door of faith here, what that Paul was talking about, is the door that makes you lead other people to salvation. He says suddenly the Gentiles have also, the unbelievers, faith has been opened to them so that they can also be saved. 
So God sometimes opens the door of salvation. Somebody that maybe last week, if you tell him about Christ, he will slap you. But somehow, maybe because of something that he's going through, some crisis, some situation, suddenly you can see that the person is ready to listen to the gospel. At that time, take advantage and tell them the gospel because the door of faith has been opened. Are you hearing me? The opportunity. So, as you are, you are working with the person or going around with the person, maybe, and he's not born again, maybe you should know that at the back of your maybe God is giving you, has opened the door of faith that by you, this person, because the person may not be with you forever. At the point that you may part ways again. So, as you come together, maybe God is trying to tell her, this is a door of faith. So, take advantage of this opportunity and win this person for Christ. Because you may not be there forever. Why are you meeting this person at this time? Why is this person discussing? Sometimes, sometimes even, even, even God uses circumstances and situations. Suddenly the person is in the hospital. And as you visit the person, maybe God is telling that this is the time to witness to the person. And if you don't do it today, you may not have the opportunity again. The door of faith. Paul said that God had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So we took advantage and preached to them Christ. When the door of faith is open, take advantage and preach Christ. Well, is it, please, because this thing, what happens that when you don't do it, later on you will look back and you will regret that I had opportunity to save this person. And what is even worse is when the person passes away. Are you hearing me? When, when we were in Ghana, uh, in the Kodesh, many, many years ago, a brother died. You know, usually when somebody dies, what was a sister, a sister died. Usually when people die, everybody's sad and crying. Do you get it? But there was one particular sister who was crying more than usual. She was crying more than, it was a sister who had died. And there was another sister who was crying more than usual. I mean, we were all sad, but you could see that there is something else. I hear me. So later on, somebody approached that. You seem so overwhelmed and so sad about this. He said, look, you know what? You know what? I'm, why I'm sad? You know why I'm overwhelmed? Because she did something to me and I never forgave her and he's dead. I don't have the opportunity to forgive her again. That's what was pain here. That she did something and I never forgave her. And today, she's dead. I don't have the opportunity to forgive her again. So that is one unforgiveness that is waiting for me in heaven. So the door of faith. Maybe, why am I living in this neighborhood? Why am I working at this place? Why have I met this person? It's an opportunity to tell the person about Christ because a time will come that opportunity and what is more prevalent when you hear something else has happened and you didn't do it. The door of faith. Listen, as we go around our business day by day, may we recognize the door of faith and lead them through the door of faith into salvation. Stand up to your feet and let's close. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for a door, for a door, for a door, for a door. 
Holy Spirit, Kalima Sokotondo Riababa, the Shenoriama Mamma Mamma. I want to be more like you. Jesus, I want to be more like, I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be a vessel you work through. A door of service. God of mercy. Father, may we recognize the doors. May we walk through. Yes, Lord. This morning, you are here. You are not born again. You see, salvation is an opportunity. It's a window. It's a door that God is opening for you right now. And the Bible said that if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Because the time may come, you will not hear the voice again. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, you are here, you are not born again, you are not saved. This is the day of salvation. There is room at the cross for you. You want to give your life to Jesus Christ. You want to take advantage of today and be saved. You want We hope that you've been blessed. Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on lci.newyork at gmail.com and visit us on the web at www.lcimanhattan.com.